Testing, testing. Still way too loud. Can you get Jamie? Can you please come get Ellie? Okay, let's try this again. You're listening to the Neurodivergent Nurse, and I'm your host, Jamie. I'm a registered nurse who has ADHD. On this podcast, we will talk all things ADHD. I'm really just beginning to learn about this diagnosis and how to navigate through it. But I am so excited to take you on this messy and raw journey with me so that we can learn together. So let's get started. Welcome back, everyone, to another week. I know two weeks ago or so, I missed a week for the podcast because I was out on vacation. I was at a wedding in Philadelphia, which I told you that on the last episode, but I also told you that I was going to be on a vacation this week as well. So the podcast is off for a day or two, but here we are actually making an episode. So you're not going to have to go all week with missing an episode. You're going to get it right now, just a couple days late. Before we get started, there is a little bit of business to talk about first. Something very exciting is going to be happening next month, the weekend of November 20th. I have been invited along with several other amazing nurse podcasters to be a part of a podcon, to be one of the speakers there and And if you really love the Neurodivergent Nurse, you will also get an opportunity to have a meet and greet at that convention. It's going to be in Nashville, Tennessee. Details to come. What's even cooler is we have sponsors on board too. So you will start hearing about them throughout the show here and there for the next month at least. It's even cooler because the products are actually amazing. I own some of them before I even knew that they were going to be a sponsor, but we'll talk about all of that later. And one last thing, Instagram has now hit over 15,000 followers. Instagram is great, but there's a lot of times where people want to say something like, yeah, I just did a painting that looked very similar. I can't see that painting. And sometimes I have a difficult time responding to because they just get lost in all the responses that people give to the post. So if you are on Facebook, I have and officially opened a private Facebook group, The Neurodivergent Nurse. I will put a link in the bio of this episode. I'll also put it in the link tree that's on a couple of my social media platforms, but it's just a place where I really want it to be a safe community where we can share fun memes, fun jokes, ask some questions and get some input from other people who are neurodivergent as well. I just want to get to know you guys even better. So if that sounds like something that you're interested in, go on over there to Facebook, get the group, the Neurodivergent Nurse. Like I said, it is private, so you're going to have to answer just a couple of questions. I will then go through, make sure you said, yeah, you're not a jerk. (laughs) And yeah, then you'll be a part of that fun community as well. And I look forward to talking to you there. Let's get to the good part of the podcast, which you're really tuning in to hear about. Although I hope that you got pretty excited about Nashville, Tennessee in November. While we were talking about Instagram accounts, I make a lot of optimistic posts. Hey, you can do it. You can make it. I also share posts that are 
funny and relatable. Like, man, didn't know that was ADHD before. And then there's also some helpful tips that are shared on there as well. Since I have created that Instagram account, there have been so many people who have come to tell me certain things that I'm talking about are not ADHD. They're not related to ADHD and so on. I try, while I am only a nurse and I'm a rapid response nurse, I try very hard to make sure that the information that I share is, in fact, factual, that there is basis to the things that I put out there for you to read, for you to thumb through and to see if it's something that you can relate to. Since it's such an issue with ADHD and people wanting to uh, correct me or to help out, to be a vigilante of let's talk about the proper mental health, which is wonderful, but let's talk about some of the comorbidities that do happen along with ADHD as well as other neurodivergent issues. Did you know Roughly half of all people with ADHD have a second condition, like learning disabilities, depression, or anxiety. And those require separate treatments. We're going to talk about the most common conditions that come along with ADHD and how you can distinguish the symptoms. When an individual has only ADHD, treatment is often a life changer. Stimulants or non-stimulants particularly when paired with behavior therapy, dietary changes, and exercise can spark a dramatic improvement in distractibility, hyperactivity, and impulsivity symptoms for most patients once treatment is fine-tuned. Some individuals, however, like your girl here, continue to experience significant symptoms. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Deep sadness, anxiety, defiance, learning and organization problems long after their most pressing ADHD symptoms are brought under control. I don't have kids, but I feel like this is a good example. A child is diagnosed with ADHD and his doctor starts him on a stimulant. His parents notice that the symptoms that led to the ADHD diagnosis certainly improve, but there are other challenges that persist. His teacher remarks on his improved attention, yet notices that he continues to struggle with classwork or perhaps his hyperactivity decreases. When challenges remain after ADHD is diagnosed and treated, this is often a clue that another undiagnosed condition may accompany ADHD. Doctors once considered ADHD a standalone disorder. However, they were wrong. We now know that 50% of people with ADHD also suffer from one or more additional conditions, referred to as a comorbidity. Most commonly, ADHD comorbidities include depression, anxiety, that's what I have, severe social anxiety, obsessive-compulsive disorder, oppositional defiant disorder, learning disabilities, language disabilities, fine and gross motor difficulties, executive function difficulties, tic disorders, 
or another psychological or neurological problem. In some cases, these problems are secondary to ADHD. And that means that they are triggered by the frustration of coping with symptoms of ADHD. For example, a person's chronic lack of focus may trigger anxiety in school. Years of disapproval and negative feedback from family members may likewise cause a woman with undiagnosed ADHD to become depressed. Most of the time, secondary problems fade once the ADHD symptoms are brought under control. When the secondary problems don't resolve with effective ADHD treatment, they are likely symptoms of that comorbid condition. So let's talk about what a comorbid condition is. It just means that they are distinct diagnoses that exist simultaneously with ADHD. They don't go away once the primary condition, in this case ADHD, is treated. Comorbid conditions exist in parallel with ADHD and require their own specific treatment plan. It's very similar to you may have a stroke, a minor stroke. Well, you also have high blood pressure. Those two, they do go hand in hand, but they are two different organs, right? You need to be on a medication or you need to do things to lower your blood pressure. That was a contributor to the stroke. So you also have to do things now that's going to help your brain once the stroke happened. We're going to talk about three common ADHD comorbidity categories. These most commonly diagnosed with ADHD all occur along a spectrum of severity from mild to serious. And that's another thing people on the Instagram before I delete and block them often say, well, just because I have ADHD, I'm able to get up and do things. You don't have to have medications or you don't have to use your ADHD as a crutch, as an excuse to be lazy. Drives me bonkers. So on this spectrum from mild to serious, the symptoms are as varied as their causes, which range from genes to exposure to environmental toxins to prenatal trauma and beyond. The first ADHD comorbidity is cortical wiring. Cortical wiring problems are caused by structural abnormalities in the cerebral cortex. That's the part of your brain that is responsible for high-level brain functions. Cortical wiring problems include learning disabilities, language disabilities, fine and gross motor difficulties, and executive function difficulties. Cortical wiring problems are treated with academic accommodations and lifestyle changes. Okay, ADHD comorbidity number two, problems regulating emotions. These types of problems often include depression, anxiety disorders, including panic attacks, anger control problems. This can include intermittent explosive disorder or oppositional defiant disorder. It can also include obsessive compulsive disorder and bipolar disorder. I just want you to note that depression can cause a range of symptoms beyond sadness and thoughts of suicide. These symptoms include irritability, reduced interest in activities that used to be pleasurable, sleep disturbances, decreased ability to concentrate, indecisiveness, agitation, slowness of thinking, fatigue or loss of energy, and feelings of worthlessness or inappropriate anger. Regulatory problems 
often respond to a group of medications known as selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, or SSRIs, which generally can be used in conjunction with ADHD medications. I know my father, who does not suffer from depression, but he does have ADHD and he cannot take a stimulant because he has cardiac issues and they put him on an SSRI and it has helped him out substantially with not just his mood, but with his ADHD as well. I found that very interesting. Bipolar disorder is an exceedingly complex condition with many possible treatments. With this disorder especially, it's so important to work with a psychiatrist who understands how to administer medications alongside treatment for ADHD. All right, the third ADHD comorbidity is tick disorders. Tick disorders refer to sudden twitches of whole muscle groups. They, kind of like we were saying earlier, they vary in severity and they typically include motor tics that ranges from involuntary eye blinking to head jerking to repeated gestures. They can include oral tics ranging from grunting to blurting things out and in very rare cases blurting out obscene words or phrases. And then you have Tourette syndrome and that is multiple motor and vocal tics that have been present for more than a year. If you continue to struggle after you've begun treatment for ADHD and you're not really sure how to differentiate symptoms of ADHD versus ADHD comorbidity, your next step is to determine whether the symptoms are secondary to ADHD and likely to dissipate if you fine-tune your treatment plan or is it evident of a fully-fledged comorbid disorder that requires additional treatment? Unfortunately, there is no litmus test that can determine this. The best differential diagnosis begins with careful observation of where and when symptoms arise. Secondary problems typically start at a certain time, or they occur only under certain circumstances. Did your daughter start experiencing anxiety only in the third grade? Is she anxious only in school or at home when she's doing homework? If so, her anxiety is likely secondary to ADHD and not a true comorbid disorder. Ditto if your son became aggressive only upon starting middle school. In contrast, comorbid disorders are both chronic and pervasive. They are generally apparent from early childhood and occur in every life situation. Rather than occurring just during some part of the day, they persist over the weekends, holidays, vacations. They're evident whether you're in school, if you're at home, if you're at work, you're in social situations. For example, ADHD-related mood shifts are usually triggered by life events. Bipolar mood shifts, on the other hand, may appear to come and go without any connection to the outside world and it may be sustained for longer periods of time. As always, it is often wise that if you suspect that you or your child has more than just ADHD, it's time to request an assessment designed to identify those issues. You also may need to pursue a clinical evaluation to determine if you're just living with anxiety, depression, anger control, OCD, or a tick disorder. And if you did enjoy today's episode, I really hope that you will take two minutes, that's 120 seconds, maybe not even that long if you're tech savvy, 
go ahead, leave the neurodivergent nurse five stars and drop a little comment because that is how people are going to find this podcast and find ways that helps them navigate through everyday life as well. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast episode. I really hope that you learned something from it because I know I sure did. I do every day and that's why I enjoy having you on this journey with me so that we can learn together. And if you really enjoy this show, please consider joining the Patreon for the Neurodivergent Nurse. It really shows how much you care and it helps to continue to get these episodes out every week. Plus, there's extra great bonus episodes. If you pledge under the, where did I put it, tier, then you have access to those which are two extra bonus episodes every month, plus the ones that have already been made previously. Not to mention, you also get uncut videos of the guests that I have on the podcast. And there's a few that haven't been released yet or haven't been made into episodes, but you get to see them first. You get to have a part of the conversation, listen in on it, even our mess ups and awkward moments, because, you know, I have a lot of awkwardness about me. And just like this vacation... I always make sure to send the patrons of the Neurodivergent Nurse postcards from wherever I am on vacation. And who knows, the postcards may change into bigger and better things later down the road. But be sure to sign up if that sounds like something that you think that you would enjoy as well. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I can't wait to talk to you again.